Hello and welcome to episode 12 of Digital Confidence and Decision Making. In this episode, we're going to be looking at chapter 8, which is design. Relatively short chapter, so we'll rattle through it quite quickly uh, and pick up on any points as always. But obviously now we're getting into the actual delivery sort of side of stuff now. So we're moving away from, we've had the discussions, we've talked to people, we've discovered solutions, we've seen what's out there. We've decided on what the strategy is. Now we need to break that strategy down into much simpler steps. And that's where this chapter comes in. So chapter eight, design. What is design? From your decide stage, you should now have an approved three to five year strategy that you understand from a digital perspective and from a business perspective. It has been well communicated and you have the buy-in from staff. It is now time to start executing that strategy in the form of a shorter term plan in the design stage. Here we're designing the next 12 months of work in more detail than you would in the strategy. There is an old maxim of proper planning and preparation prevents piss poor performance, and this is never truer than of digital projects. Why design? To hit maximum business value, you're going to have to work out an order of projects to deliver. This will be in conjunction with IT, as there may be prerequisites that need to be completed first before you look at projects that span either staff or customers. You will repeat this stage a number of times as you progress through your programme of work. You should always be able to relate any project back to the strategy and the outcomes that you're trying to achieve. If you cannot relate the project to the strategy outcome, then you need to ask yourself why you're doing it. You should also have a really good idea of the outcomes you want to achieve with digital. Is increasing sales your number one aim? Therefore, we will start with making your sales team more efficient. Is it better customer service? In which case, we'll start with that team. This is why understanding your business requirements during the decide stage is so important as that will now help you to define the annual plan. Those businesses that jump straight into delivering projects without having done the necessary research are part of the 95% that are adding no business value. Some projects will of course span an entire company. Maybe you want to deploy something like G Suite as your office productivity tool. That is a project that's going to touch every member of staff and you will only really see the benefits when all staff are using the system. It's a very different project plan to that of a tool that's maybe only used by finance. Some of this will depend on how big your company is, but you'll always need to make consideration between big and small projects and quick wins and slow burns. That's why design is a key element of your plans. Design case study. I rolled out Box.com to 2,000 people and across an entire business. For those of you that have not come across Box, it's a digital tool that is used to store documents that allows you to share, comment, revise online and without the need to send emails with attachments connected. It can help ensure that you're all working on the same version of the right document. There are many other benefits, but throughout Discover you should already have found these. If not, you best get Googling. The ultimate win from Box was the removal of hundreds of emails with attachments, which at the time were being stored on a server owned by the business. There was no retention policy, and as such, the space and cost required to save these was growing exponentially each year. At the time, there were 12,000 internal emails sent per day within the organisation. I repeat what that one, that was 12,000 internal emails per day, so just across the company without any external ones going out. Imagine sending the same document to 50 people. Those 50 people saving the document to their computer, but then also keeping the email with the document attached. We now have 101 copies of the same document being saved within organisations IT systems. Imagine you then revise this 
and after having comments sent back to you, you may well have over 200 copies saved now. This was happening multiple times a day, every day. Box was brought in to alleviate this. The power of being able to share the same document via a link, and as such only have one version, only really works when everyone is using the product. If only half adopt it, then they can potentially only share with half the people they need to. It was therefore essential that we designed a plan that broke the 2,000 staff down by units that generally shared with each other. It was necessary to have a senior management rollout, as well as one that just went across the various teams. There were other teams that communicated a lot outside of their own teams too, such as HR and finance. Working out what this needed to look like as a project plan was essential in ensuring the new system was adopted and we removed the plethora of emails travelling around the business. Those staff who work outside of IT often do not realise that, that this has to be managed and maintained. The point here is that we had many small wins as we went department by department, which all added up to one big win over time. Not every project will be like this, but you can be both large and small in the same one. We ended up with a large corporate project that was broken down into much smaller wins, with some teams adopting box much quicker than others. The small wins and communicating these helped to deliver the big win. Designing a proper plan allowed us to deliver some elements quickly, some slowly, and generate more traction than we could do without it. And again there, we're really just talking about planning and how well we plan. There's a lot of times we buy software and immediately we jump into, let's start delivering, let's start rolling it out, without actually sitting back and going, okay, what is the actual plan that we need? What resources do we need? What time from people do we need? How much time? When we're likely to need it? And actually talking to individual departments about kind of what their workloads look like, when they're busy, when they're not busy, when they're going to have available resources. And I generally kind of come back to this, make it a year long. So look at your financial year and go, okay, what projects are we going to do this financial year? What IT resources do we need? What digital resources do we need? And then what resources are we going to need from outside of that department within each of the, the kind of the HR, finance, sales, housing, whatever kind of area you want to talk about or, or work with. And then you can plan out what that year looks like and you can see where you're going to have overlaps or you're going to hit blockers or resourcing is not going to be available or you don't be putting a finance system into finance at year end. You need to start working around that. And, and too often we, we don't just sit down, take the time first before we do a project to work out what that looks like. Steps for design. Number one, design the plan. Using good project management software, you should be able to plan for the first year projects based on prerequisites and needs of the business. You'll have a rough idea of costs, both internal and external. You'll have a time frame for the software implementation and then for the uptake of the system by users. In a similar vein to the strategy, we're not expecting a leader to be writing the digital plan. You need to be able to see the level of commitment for time, money and effort and the outcomes to be delivered. It is this that is often misunderstood as this may have an impact on everyday work that needs to be completed. I've seen middle management hold projects partway through as they have not appreciated the level of investment that their team needed to make to ensure the successful delivery of the project, nor the impact it had on their work. And on that point, really, that is, it was a big project, it was a six-figure project, uh, quite a lot of six figures in that project. And the digital team were pushing ahead. They had a, a digital plan. They wanted to deliver the digital, they wanted to deliver these tools but they hadn't engaged properly with the actual department, with the management and saying, this is the impact on you while we're rolling this out. This is what it looks like. 
and yeah plans change they always change you need to be able to adopt to that you need to be able to adapt new plans but kind of having an understanding at the start is is quite key to that this is why as a leader it is so important for you to understand this and make allowances for it you may have to backfill a role in finance whilst one of your accountants tests new systems and data you may have a slower sales month as the new system comes on board this should not be coming as a surprise to you the focus here is ensuring that you are reaching the end state from the strategy and ensuring that the ups and downs are accounted for, managed and understood as early as possible. This does not mean that teams have an excuse to drop their performance levels, but there should be a tolerance level instigated. If the team drop below the tolerance level, then it may be time for you to step in and ensure that all parties have the necessary resources to get things back on track. If a project cannot be brought back on track, then you also have decisions to make. Sometimes the delivery issue will not be with your business. It may well be with the company providing the tools and why it is so essential for you to focus your procurement on outcomes and particularly outcomes within timescales. It is another reason why you need to spend much more time on digital projects prior to buying any new tools. Sometimes it seems very straightforward, but often it is not. And this becomes a contributory factor as to why the industry sees such high failure rates. And there's often not a huge amount you can do when it comes to uh, the vendors and what they say they can do. But obviously, whenever they give you their digital plan or their sorry, their project plan, obviously take it with a pinch of salt. It never goes as easy as you think it's going to. And just make sure that you also have a plan, because although you're asking them to deliver the software and the tools, you also need to have a plan about your resources, what you can do. So often within local government, uh, especially within tenders, you'll see ones come out that say you must provide us with a Gantt chart of delivery. And so the provider goes, right, well, our delivery takes 18 weeks. Here's the plan. This is what we do at each one of those steps. And the council kind of takes that and says, OK, that's fine. We'll work to that. And it's like, but no, you haven't done the proper work to say, can you deliver to that? Does that fit with what you do, how you work, the timings you've got, the resources you've got available? So really do think about project plans and everything. And so many especially the smaller councils, not having to go at you, but smaller councils work their projects off spreadsheets and they don't have an overview of that kind of year long plan, the resourcing required, the amount of people you're going to be pulling from individual departments into it. So really sit down and think about that plan before you start. Number two, design with the users in mind. I once had to install a secure email system into a business. It meant that staff had to come out of their Microsoft email system and log into the secure system that was encrypted. The recipient received a code to log into the system and read the email. It was basic, but worked well, until the manager of a department came to see me in a rage. Your system has caused two data breaches in my department, she shouted at me. Crap, how has it done that? It's meant to be fully secure, I answered. Well, they find it too difficult to use, so they use their normal email and send information to the wrong recipient. This brings us nicely onto the next element of design, user adoption. Throughout Discuss and Discover, you will have gained a valuable insight into the skill level of a lot of your employees and probably customers too. At this planning stage, we need to consider how you're going to get staff to adopt new processes and tools as part of their role and how you're going to train them. Whatever time frame you think you have in mind for this, double it. It will always take longer than you think. I was once asked what the hardest part of delivering digital projects was, and I answered the people. I jokingly added that the sooner they built Skynet from the Terminator films, the better. It is true, though, getting people to adopt new tools and new processes 
will take longer than you expect. It's much harder than setting the technology up. The reason it's key to understanding this now is, if in the first year that you know that you want to roll out four projects, then you should have a rough idea of not just how long the technical side of delivery will take, but also the people side. You need to know the resources and skills that you're going to need to help facilitate uptake. You will also need to think about the communications and how you're going to get the message out to staff and or customers and ensure that they have the right support in place. People are much harder to control than machines. Just ask Arnold Schwarzenegger. Again on that, we talk about user-centered design, all sorts. We get people get overexcited by that currently and in how we're planning processes, talking to people. And then we get to the rollout of the new systems and a lot of the new systems, especially if they're software as a service, you can actually roll out relatively quickly if you're taking what would be described as a vanilla version of it. So kind of straight out the box, implement it and go. In some cases, you can roll it out in, in a couple of days, but actually then working with staff to change how they work, to enable it, to pick up the processes and everything else is, is much, much harder. And one story I use a lot when I'm talking about this is when we did roll out box.com years ago now, five years, five, six years ago now, one of my colleagues, Ben, actually did some of the training for it and went out into different teams and showed them how to do it. And we had a kind of understanding of where people were going to be at and the type of training they were going to need, starting from quite a basic level of how it worked. The very first thing Ben said was basically, right, open a web session, open a browser, at which point the first hand went up. How do we do that? And it's like, oh, we're going all the way back to what's the little E on, on your screen that you need to double click to get on the internet in the first place before you even get to the software. And it was something we hadn't actually considered at that point. We assumed 2015, 14, 15, something like that, that most people who worked in a big organization could get on the internet. And obviously we were very wrong with that. So we almost had to introduce a, an additional 10 minutes pre-training to the training to actually explain to people what the internet is. And it might sound silly and people might laugh, but that's where people were. And we had to meet them at where they were to get them on, on the journey. So never just assume that because I find something simple, you find something simple that we can pick it up quite quickly, that any of your staff will. And when you're designing that project plan and you say, right, this is the full year, this is why the impact of that is so big and that you'll find that if the technology is probably a three month rollout, you might need six months for the staff. And therefore, when you're doing the next project, looking at the resourcing and where that's being used, you need to come up with a sensible plan that doesn't rush people and gives them the, the right amount of time to get used to new systems and processes. Number three, design your delivery method. In Decide, we look briefly at a small business case for your strategy that was based on outcomes. This was to give you a rough price bracket to invest in digital tools based on the expected return. In this design stage, we will also need to consider one of the biggest choices that you will have as a business with regards to new digital tools. There is a continual argument within digital around whether it's better to buy software or to build it yourself. Unfortunately, there is no right answer and it's something that you as a company will need to decide. You will need to discuss this with experts at the right time. There are a few ways of looking at this. In simple terms, it just depends on the type of project you're looking at. It is no different to choosing between buying your own ingredients and cooking or going to a restaurant for a meal. One will cost more, one might take a few attempts to get it right, one may refund you if you're not satisfied, but you may be able to do it more quickly at home. 
It depends on your skill level and the skill level of those around you. But logically speaking, if you need to implement a CRM, then the market is flooded with these and there will be one that fits your requirements. You're not trying to enter the CRM market as a business, so buy the one that works best for you. Most of the more modern ones give you a good degree of flexibility to configure them to suit your working practices. In general, if it's something for business productivity, then in most cases you should be able to buy software to meet your needs or close to them. Conversely, you may well be thinking along the lines of the airline industry and apps that allow customers to check in and download boarding cards. Here you're more likely to be looking at the probability that you have to need to develop a solution. Most of this should have become clear to you within the discover stage as you may not have found solutions to some of the problems or issues that had been identified in the discuss stage. If you are going to develop your own systems, then remember you're looking at creating an ecosystem of digital tools. It will need to be built in a way that is complementary to other tools, software and plans that you have. If developing your own solution is the result, then remember to start with the data the app will be collecting and using. Remember though that when you're discussing this option with IT or third party experts, that if you ask someone who codes for a living what the best solution is, the likelihood is they'll tell you to build something. Likewise, a salesperson will tell you to buy off the shelf. Again, go back to data efficiency and business benefit, and that will help you decide which of the two routes to go down. And again, just think about cost and everything else involved in that. So if you've already got a digital team or a, an IT team who can build something quickly and cheaply, that might work for you. If you have to bring a third party company in, it might cost you more, but then you should know kind of the cost benefit analysis of that. Or likewise, you may just say, we need to buy something off the shelf. And again, there's all sorts of varieties. There's many thousands of CRMs that are available. And genuinely, there are hundreds and hundreds of CRMs you can choose from. I also know guys who build bespoke ones for you. And again, it depends on your exact business, what your exact requirements are, what your need is, what your budget is, kind of how big an organization you are. If you think about councils, you get everything from a huge unit tree, one of the London boroughs, Manchester, somewhere like that, all the way down to very small districts, very different budgets, very different kind of plans that they've got. So there isn't actually a right answer to the question, but it will, it will come down to kind of having that business case and a sense of idea of how much you want to spend and what the benefits you'll get from it are as to whether buy or build is, is the best option. Once you've bought or built, you also need to kind of understand you're going to have to support this system. So again, if you're buying one off the shelf, that system should be supported, looked after for you. If you're building one yourself, that's something your team are going to have to manage in, in perpetuity, basically, uh, to keep that going. So again, it will come down to the business case, but you do have to think about these things quite closely. Number four, design the project management. A consideration that you also need to factor in at this point is the actual project management software you're going to use to run your projects. This is something that is often overlooked and left to manage via spreadsheets or focusing purely on a nice Gantt chart. This forgets that project data and the tools you're using should be factored into the overall ecosystem of products that you're looking at. This may seem an odd concept to you, but as I keep reiterating throughout the book, we're primarily concerned with your business's efficiency. One of those concerns should therefore be project delivery efficiency. Not only are you going to be looking at Gantt charts to give you an idea of delivery timescales, but you should be able to look at all sorts of project data that will help you to learn and improve for the next project. Risks, tax, prerequisites, spend, outcomes should all be monitored over the length of the project and reviewed at regular intervals and at the end of the project. 
too many projects do not record project delivery data. As I mentioned in Discover, data is the lifeblood of the systems that you use. You should be looking at how you use all your data across your business. Do not forget project data. It is the only way you'll get more efficient with delivering projects. I've worked with a partner company, Verto Cloud, for many years. They deliver exceptional project management software that also enables the business case to be included in the project plans, so that measuring the success of the project at the end becomes straight, quite straightforward. Whichever tools you choose, do not overlook this important element. Your project team also needs to become more efficient over time, becoming able to deliver digital outcomes more quickly and with fewer resources. And that's a key point that people do overlook and forget about. We, we constantly do project delivery. We constantly look at kind of the timelines, the time frame, what we've done. We sit down, we do a benefits review at the end of it. Very rarely do we sit and think about the project as a whole and what we've learned from delivering the project, where we could have got better, where we could have planned better, thought through better, used different resources, have we met the requirements. And it's only by kind of delivering projects over time that you can start to pick that data up and see if you're getting better as an organization over time at delivering these things. Because ultimately, something that today takes you six months to deliver in a year's time, you want to be able to do that in four and a half months. In two years time, you want to be able to do that in three months. And where we get to with the, the podcast name, the digital confidence and decision making is about kind of the length of time your some of these projects take, because we're trying to take non-technical people, non-digital people on that journey with us to say, as we roll out more digital tools, as we talk more about digital tools, we talk more about technology, you need to become more familiar with it. You need to be able to converse with tech people about it. You as a leader need to be able to have those conversations. So when you're doing the training, it's not starting from how to get on the internet. It's not even starting from logging into the software. It's sitting down and going, right, what does this software do for us and cracking on with it? All about shortening that length. And if you've got staff who are still struggling to have that confidence, then that's where you really need to focus a lot of your time because as I said, the, the technical side of the rollout is quite quick. The people side of it, relatively slow. And that's probably where you can make the most gains, bringing that, uh, the people side of it really down and, and as short as possible. And if you can kind of hit the utopia of quick technical delivery, quick uh, people delivery, knowing that it's delivering both the outcomes and the desired outcomes. So we haven't just delivered the software, we've delivered the outcomes that we wanted the software to deliver, then you're in a really good position. And again, it's just something that's not thought of or, or talked about or missed. So do think about that when you're when you're doing these plans and don't just have a siloed project manager doing nice Gantt charts because it's absolutely pointless. Use a proper system, collect the right information. Don't just look at the individual project, look at how the project team are doing as a team as well with that delivery. Number five, design your resourcing. As part of Discover, you should have been able to assess the level of digital skill that you have within your company. This will now be of benefit as you look towards your delivery plan. Consider whether these are projects that you'll undertake with your current IT team or whether you will need to look for external support. The support can come in a variety of forms. It could be additional developers, it could be additional project management, change management resources, or you may want communication resources. Regardless of the resources you require, it is important that they're all familiar with the overall strategy and business outcomes before they come on board. This will ensure that they are the right resource and understand what the business needs to achieve. 
Obviously, any external resource will be an additional cost to your business and something to be factored into any business case. If you are bringing in additional resources or even using third parties to deliver, then you'll need to ensure that this is undertaken on an outcome-based basis. I've seen too many projects hiring additional resources on day rates. This normally assumes that a project will take a certain amount of time, but all too often it ends up taking a lot longer. Try to wrap any engagements up into the delivery of the final outcome so that you can ensure continuity and have a clear idea of budget. This may mean that you as a business must agree to a certain level of a commitment back to the resource. They cannot be held accountable for you not completing your tasks. You will need to ensure that you align things such as staff training and testing to meet the plan, making the right resources available at the right time. An outcome-based model will allow you to have more focus on ensuring delivery timescales. The same should be true of procurement of developers, development work, or any software delivery. Do not focus on features that it must have, focus on the outcomes that it must deliver. And that's probably one of the most important sentences actually in the entire book. Everything you do within digital and change, change management, everything is about delivering different outcomes. And too often we focus on requirements and funny enough, we've had this conversation today on a tender exercise where it's just a list of requirements. It must do this, it must work with Windows 10, it must fit into our estate, blah, blah, blah. Great, but it's boring. It's a tick box exercise for suppliers. They know the answers to those. You need to flip on its head and go, what we need to do is reduce the time it takes from 10 days to eight days, deliver me that outcome. How is your software going to enable me to drop those two days and really force the suppliers to kind of stand up and have proper conversations with you about how their tools and systems and software are gonna make your life better. And this is where companies have got slightly lazy, in my opinion, is because they've always just worked a requirements list and they've never really been on the hook to deliver outcomes to you. And sometimes it's as easy as just rewording a requirement into an outcome, almost flipping the word, the phrase 180 degrees and making it outcome based. And I've done it on virtually every tender I've done in the last couple of years. And it just gives you more ability to interact and engage with the supplier to give them a bit of a kick up the arse when they need one that they haven't actually delivered what you bought, uh, rather than just being able to go back to requirements list and ticking a load of boxes and said, well, you only asked that it did this, this and this. The fact has made you less efficient or that 10 days has become 15 days is almost irrelevant if that's how you've procured it. So think about how you're doing with outcomes for projects, people, everything. I myself, or nearly every contract I've got at the moment over the last two years has been a monthly retainer fee. You don't pay me for a set number of days. You don't pay me for a set number of hours because it just makes things much simpler for you. You know, there's a block of time however much time you need of me within that month that's what you're getting it doesn't the rate doesn't go up it doesn't go down use it or lose it kind of thing it's a bit like a i always describe it as a mobile phone data kind of unlimited data model where you get unlimited data but actually if one of the suppliers thinks you're taking the mickey a little bit or you're doing bitcoin mining that's killing the network you will actually get restricted and that's where i'm at it's kind of use me as much as you want don't take the mickey because ultimately I'll come back to you and say you're taking up too much time or we're having to spend too much on this. Hasn't happened as yet, hoping it never happens. I think we've got a fairly good balance with everyone we do, but it does mean I have to deliver outcomes for them, not, not just hours. Anyone can deliver hours. You can just get a room full of people in suits 
with nice cufflinks and ties that might work for a big agency that will sit in there for days and days and days and deliver you all the hours you want. Doesn't help you in any way, shape or form get people who deliver outcomes. Summary. Design is a key stage that allows you to dissect your longer term strategy into smaller manageable chunks. It allows you to establish the right team with the right tools to deliver really efficient projects. Not just efficiency projects, but project efficiency too. It also allows you to ensure that the users are actively involved and engaged so that you understand their skill set and the amount of time you need to allow for the uptake of the new systems and or processes. It allows you to take a sensible approach to the different methodologies of delivery that will or won't work for your business. It allows you to ensure that you have sensible order in which to undertake the projects. Ensuring that you have the prerequisites in place to deliver the overall business aims before moving on to delivering those of the smaller departmental aims. You are now set to start delivering those outcomes. That's the end of the design chapter, but hopefully now as we're going through these and you see the discuss, the discover, the decide, the design, you can kind of see why the structure of the strategy is so important in that it can't just be a load of buzzwords or a load of fluff, cloud and all those digital by default and stupid phrases that people put in them as, as actual strategies. You're now working through this kind of journey where we're going, okay, we're delivering this because of this, we're delivering this project because of that, and these are the resources we need to do that because we as an organization need to hit this outcome. And it just becomes so much easier to kind of plan through that and work out exactly where you're at as an organization, what you need, what resourcing, how you're gonna build, huge amounts of conversation about Agile and Waterfall, which we cover a little bit in the next chapter. But again, if you're using a third party supplier, semi irrelevant how they do it, as long as they're delivering to outcomes. If it's an internal team, similarly, get them focused on what those outcomes are. Let's work through them. So that's the end of episode, 11, uh, episode 12, actually, that's the end of. And next time we'll look at chapter nine, which is deliver. So thank you for listening and speak soon.